Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Jason, did you know that Budget Blinds is the place for people to go to for the signature series shades? All hail our robot shade overlords. Look, there are many, many reasons why you should start looking at the smart home features, but mostly because it's cool. I got to say, look, I recently got a somewhat smart home thing in my house, and I was highly skeptical, like, in the process and have delayed and kind of acted like the technology-phobic old man that I'm probably getting closer to being every day. (laughs) But I got to say, this smart home stuff is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I got to say, the ability to raise and lower, open and close, program your shades to do that stuff, to save energy, to increase the security in your home, to do all the things you want to do. Make things safer for your children and pets. Right. Absolutely fantastic as, as an idea. I get it. I get it now in a way that I didn't get it before. So I'm going to say this with all sincerity. All hail those robot shade overlords. There you go. So if you are ready to make your home a smart home, head on over to our good friends, Budget Blinds of Lee Summit, right in downtown, the heart of our community. Today's episode is also brought to you by Feed Lee Summit. Hey, Jason, pre-COVID world, 6 to 8% of Lee Summit residents were food insecure. I thought, I thought that world started like at Mar- on March 15th. Well, you know. No, the world ended on March 15th, and we're now picking up the pieces. Right, 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 right. Well, that's 6 to 8%. That equates to more than 6,000 men, women, and children in the Lee Summit community. And in this COVID pandemic area, the food needs have only continued to grow for Lee Summit families and senior citizens. That is true. Responding to this need are the good folks at Sunrise Rotary. They are sponsoring their second annual Feed Lee Summit event, November 12th at 7 p.m. It's going to be a virtual event this year because COVID ruins everything, but it's going to be a great event anyway. They have a goal this year. It's a very aggressive goal of raising $100,000 to support those with food insecurity here in Lee Summit. And they think they can do this aggressive goal with your support. And who will this, who will this benefit, you might ask? Let me tell you, it's going to the benefit. Big four. The, the big, big four. four. Lee Summit Social Services, Cold Water of Lee Summit, One Good Meal, and Meals on Wheels. You got it. Feed Summit. Feed Lee Summit started as empty bowls, which collected uh, more than a quarter million dollars over its uh, years for our non-profit food providers here in the Lee Summit community. Last year, Feed Lee Summit, a little bit of a change in how it was structured and what it was doing, their first event raised $40,000. So they're setting the bar high this year, but we think we can get there. And they can meet that goal with your help. So join us for this important event on Thursday, November 12th. See feedls.org for more details and to register. Hello again and welcome to Lee Summit Town Hall, a weekly podcast about what you can do to make a difference. I'm Jason Norbury and as always, I am joined by a man who loves him some tacos. It is Nick Parker, the publisher of Link to Lee Summit. You know, we've done this for what, three, four years now? Three and a half years, yeah. That may be the truest statement you've ever said. I mean, it is, it is also one of the most blindingly obvious, <laughs> given, our, given our brand. <laughs> this is true. Right this is very, very true. All right. Link to the Summit, as always, is the source for the news you need about our very fine city. And our unofficial sponsor tonight is Debate Fatigue. Like already? We are, re- we are recording this before the first of the presidential debates, and I'm already tired of them. <laughs> 
that's that's where I am. So I'm going to uh, say that that is probably a common uh, uh, symptom felt among yes. many people. Oh, absolutely. And I think in this era, you know, especially now with like early voting, I like we were talking about this a little beforehand. I mean, like I literally already have my ballot. I could have already voted before the first debate. And so like the utility of a debate to me is it's maybe different now in 2020 than it was uh, in 1992 when I first voted for president. <laughs> but we don't have to worry about it, Jason, because we're not talking about that stuff here. No, we are not talking about those things. Good. And, and let's, let's all take a moment to be thankful that we don't have to. Right. <laughs> so what's going on in our fine city, Nick? Here we go. Let's start off with uh, let's start off with some big news. Uh, let's start with the Lisa Madar Seven School District. Jason, Every, on everything's just staying the same, right? No, for oh, once in the last six months, we are going to experience change. Oh yes, because sort that of. has definitely not happened over the last six <laughs> months. We are we are uh, the R Seven School District announced today that they are um, as of October fifth, I believe, is the official date. They are going uh for their fourth through 12th grade programs will be going to the hybrid method so they've split them into cohorts by last name and uh cohort a will be on monday and tuesday and cohort b will be on thursday and friday that's right and you can see you can see more of the details on how that's going to work if you go over to to link to lee we've got some links back to back to the school districts and, and some details from what they did but here's the big thing jason is they set up the the reopening plan that they adopted way back in august can i say way back in august i mean honestly in this in the year 2020 or I guess I should say this in the decade 2020 <laughs> uh, that we have had. Yes. Way back in August. Way back in August. If you'll remember Jason, the, 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 the reopening plan they adopted was that they were going, once the academic year started, which it started after Labor Day, um, they would review the, 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 the data and the numbers for, for our community, for the County and the region on a weekly basis. And as soon as they felt like it was, it was going to be safe. They would open up for the next phase, which was moving from virtual to this, this hybrid plan. Now the model they showed says that the full in-person doesn't happen until I, I believe the wording was when the pandemic is over, right? <laughs> something, something along those lines. So, sure. so if they follow that, we probably won't, won't see the hundred percent in-person for a while, but for now what we're moving into is this hybrid thing. And as you'll remember, K through third grade have been in person this entire time. They, they, they worked very hard to try to make that happen. That was an early goal district set and they made that happen. And now they are ready just, just eight days after putting out an announcement that said they were going to stay in hybrid or stay in the, the virtual learning for grades four through 12, eight days later, they're making an announcement that says, Hey, we think we've hit that point where it's safe to go back. So on Monday, October 5th, the hybrid phase of our schooling system will change. Now, if if you have a student, if your family chose the online learning for the first semester, nothing changes. You're just you're going to stay in that in that online system throughout the semester. But those that chose in person will be moving into this hybrid. So, Nick, what you're telling me here is it wasn't the uh, constant assault of the angry people on Facebook that made this decision happen. It was them actually following the plan that they set up earlier and had a meeting and approved 
and they went ahead through the plan. And now that the, the numbers are, and, I, and to say this, as we're looking at it, the most, most recent numbers in Jackson County and the Metro are not available. So I'm assuming that what they have gotten from the county ahead of time uh, indicates this, that they're moving down right. into, that, into that yellow zone where they can uh, start the, the hybrid learning. So they set so, a plan and they're following it. That's, that's crazy talk. <laughs> the, the, the numbers uh, have, as, as of we're recording this late on Tuesday afternoon, the numbers aren't, uh, the new numbers aren't publicly available. But what happens is every Tuesday morning, County Health Department, Mid-America Regional Council, and other regional and, and area health experts get together and there's a meeting and Dr. Buck, the Superintendent Lee Summit, and other superintendents and school district officials from around the area all are part of these calls, right? So they're all getting the new updated numbers. And what the announcement from the district said was the county and other officials changed uh, their guidance recommendations for, for gating criteria. And they, by looking at the new guidance and looking at the new numbers, they feel it is safe and it is time time to make that change. So that's what we're doing. And, and Jason, hey, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm going to sound like Dayton Moore here. Apparently, we should have trusted the process all along. Well, I mean, I think that the the district has, and and they've been comparatively quiet in the face of what I will call as a small but very loud uh, people on social media. And and probably we should all learn this lesson that maybe the small and loud people on social media aren't. Uh, the ones that are actually making stuff, you know, the, the process by which this is all going forward. So it's, it's good. And I, I mean, I think it's good. And, and you know, uh, I will, I will go back to this. I still think they're moving a little bit faster than I would choose, but I'm the, per the person in charge. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, but you're the tortoise. You're always I'm, slow. Yeah, I'm going to be the tortoise on the, on the pandemic thing. So you're, but I mean, they set this up. They said, these are the criteria we're going to go by when it meets these things, we're going to make this transition. They said that the stuff has met those trans, those criteria and they're making the transition. What more can we ask for from our all of that being said, I'm going to throw this out too, to stay on brand with our show. I, I'm okay with people making their voices heard. Oh no, I'm fine with that. But I think just that, that don't, I mean, I, I think we, we shouldn't mistake. I, I think I would say this is if the public the zeitgeist or the, the public opinion shifted in a way that everyone came to the conclusion, like there was a big overwhelming in the other direction, like, oh goodness, we can't go back to school. This online thing is actually the thing that's saving us, right? Like the other districts that had already started in-person classes had a huge quantity of, of cases and all those, all the bad stuff, like the nightmare scenarios, right? The ones that I wake up at three o'clock in the morning thinking about. Uh, if all of those had <laughs> taken place, right? Jay, we already had our therapy session for you. you we're not I mean, doing this again. But if that had taken place and the, and the, the position had moved in, the district would probably have reevaluated. But once again, that would have been numbers driven, not like Facebook group driven. I guess I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. And I, and I think, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about, about process on the show. And I think, I think this is just another example of, of the, a process was set and they followed it and it seems to be it seems to be that they're they're gonna they're gonna stick with it and it's so far it's working if you look at the numbers jason um even though the newest numbers aren't aren't yet available to us as we're recording this you can see the trend lines going downward you can see heading toward that yellow zone that the county has said we want to we want to set as a goal 
um, before opening those things back up for in-person in-person learning. So you can see the trends are there. You can see you can see the the process that the district is trying to to stick with, and this is the next step. And we will we will see how they go, and and we're going to start to see some some more kids going back to school beginning Monday. Absolutely. Well, and good luck to them all. And, good, and, and I guess most of all, good luck to the teachers that are having to make you know, a planned, but yet another sort of teaching style transition as they go from, remember Jeez. we went from regular in-class full-time to completely virtual to summer school stuff to completely virtual again. And now we're going to be in this half and half hybrid stuff. You know, the, the ones that bear the, the, the greatest labor on this are our school teachers. And, and I, I pitied them. And now I think your wife should make me a cake for being so nice. <laughs> well, look, if you're going to get a cake, it's me. I think one last interesting note, uh, kind of to stay on the, on the processing side of things is it's interesting to note too, that the, the process that they, they adopted on this meant that this decision rested really solely in the hands of superintendent, Dr. Buck and his administration. This was not something that had to go before the Board of Education for their approval. This was, they, they gave him that authority to review the data every week and then make that decision. So at, you know, while we're speaking, a, a Board of Education uh, work session is going in, but this isn't, this isn't on their agenda. This was not something that they had to approve. Yep, there we go. So, <clears throat> all right. So uh, what else is happening? Are you ready? Flip the switch, ready. Jason. Oh, Tune in your TV. Other show. It's hey. time for the other one. It's time for a little as the council turns. I'm going to start off with this really awesome piece of news. Mm-hmm. You're just going to say the word pizza, aren't you? I'm going to say the word pizza. That's it. Just pizza. <laughs> well, no, we have to, we have to put it At the top of the agenda for Tuesday night's council, city council meeting was this. Clearly ordered by importance. Waldo Pizza has officially changed its name to become Summit Pizza. And I have been assured through a series of email exchanges. This is something you were very concerned about. If you are a fan of the flavors and the food at Waldo Pizza, you are not going to be disappointed. It only this changes the name. They're now Summit Pizza. Which, I mean, to be fair, look, and I will say this. So, low those many years ago when I moved to the Summit, I actually lived in Waldo in walking distance of the original Waldo Pizza. Um, and so, imagine my joy when I moved to the Summit and the pizza place I liked the best was out here as well. And, and the pizza is, I mean, has been, is the same, basically, from place to place. And that the, the recipes and the stuff and all the, the quality and all those things are the same. And we get to keep that same pizza, but it's probably more appropriately named for the neighborhood it's in. Rather there we than, go. Uh, than the neighborhood it's not in. And I just really wanted to talk about pizza because, look, if we're not talking tacos... I'd like to talk pizza. Because we're not talking that other thing. No. No, no we're not talking about those things. Uh, now, back to, now back to things COVID-related. So one more weird, interesting twist, change, pivot. Isn't that the, I think pivot's the word everybody likes to use these days, right? It's a, it's a buzzword now. We've ruined it. It's now a buzzword. The annual state of the city address by the mayor. It's usually a separate event. If you'll remember when Mayor Baird was elected, his first one was out at the new B&B Theater in the new Longview area, right? Mm-hmm. This year, because COVID, it's now tacked on near the end of the city council meeting. So um, there's really not much to say. It's just, it's just another to me. It was just, 
it was an odd observation of things that are changed and things that are handled differently because of the pandemic and the way things are because we can't have gatherings and people together um and this was this was you know this is an annual time of year where where the mayor gets to come out and say hey here's here's my vision here's some things here's where i'd like us to go as a community and it's its own deal and now it's kind of buried near the bottom of an agenda for an end of the month council meeting and that was just weird to me that was just an observation i wanted to share (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, the city can't, isn't going to start putting on events where it's inviting a whole bunch of people to show up. So it's got to, I guess it, I mean, I guess theoretically it doesn't have to go anywhere because they could have just not had one, but choosing to have one, I guess this is the format they thought could be delivered most broadly, but also most safely in in the process. So, eh, so far, so good. And we'll be, see, we'll be interested to hear what the mayor has to say. Last year, he dropped a couple of pretty big nuggets so we'll uh, we'll see if he has anything else to, to add to the fire this week. This week. That's nice foreshadowing because that's going to hook into something else we're going to talk about tonight. But not yet, not yet, Jason. Your nerdy little brain. There's actually another presentation that happened Tuesday night at the city council meeting that your nerdy little brain got a little excited about. Well, excited might be a bit of a stretch, but I think I just want to talk about. It. So this is you know COVID, which as we have talked about, ruins everything. Uh, has wreaked havoc on basically every budget available uh, in the world. We have municipal budgets, state budgets, federal budgets, nonprofit budgets to uh, to drag my own personal life into that whole process. All those things. It's just it has had a, a, a large financial impact as well as all the other impacts that it has had. And and the loss of revenue that the city has experienced and kind of will continue to experience going forward is going to have impacts on what the city has, you know, the city's going to have to try to reduce costs as much as it can to maintain its levels of service. And so the city manager gave a presentation, which came out of uh, a presentation to the finance and budget committee and uh, to talk about here are steps. And so he, he put forth a, I believe a nine point, well, it's 10 points, but nine structural points of what they can do to help reduce costs, including, you know, not fill certain vacancies, shuffle some things around, uh, you know, dealing with possible, you know, change in tax structures, all kinds of things of that nature. It's even weedy enough that I don't want to get into it any further on that. But just to note that the city manager and city staff and city council are having to think about these things ahead of time on the front end because we don't want to come to April right in the last quarter of the city's fiscal year and suddenly we're running through the reserve fund and all the other things that are going along with that so it's just something to pay attention to i would imagine this will not be the last time we have this sort of review process of how we're gonna not spend and make extra money going forward (laughs) i think you're right i think this is going to this is going to bounce back up in conversation uh at, at city council meetings probably for a while I would say at least quarterly, I would anticipate that we're going to see this every quarter, kind of just a a conversation about. Well, and that's something they talked about at a recent meeting was to, to, to review some of this stuff on a, on a quarterly basis um, and and kind of see where they're at. I know that conversation happened during some of the, the talks about, about the PSA agreements with, with some of the, some of the nonprofits around the city that the city um, partners with. So yeah, I think, I think you're, you're exactly right. We're going to see this, this pop up on a pretty regular basis because even if you just, even if you just 
focus the the that COVID lens right on the little bit of time where where everything was closed, that is still going to have a huge la- lasting economic uh, impact on, on the city for the next year. And so, all of this just keeps going, and we're gonna we're gonna have to have to watch them and and see what they what they come up with going going forward. Jason, I want to move on to our last thing, and you hinted at it a little bit uh, earlier where. In the 2019 State of the City Address, and the mayor was talking about his vision, he announced to everyone that some land had been purchased on Green Street across from City Hall, and he was working on a new development plan. And now, Jason, a few months ago, he he finally presented it to, to the council and to everybody, some details of what his vision was, and that includes a permanent... Uh, home for the downtown farmers market. It included the the voter approved outdoor performance space. It in, it included some other public and private partnership developments. And Jason, now we're finally seeing some good forward momentum on that. Last week, the city released a request for qualifications for master developers. So they're looking now to bring in that that private development partner to come in, look at what's feasible, look at what risk they want to take, and then. St- really start planning the details and timeline for what this this pretty big development across the street from city hall can be absolutely and and this is one of those times that we have been uh, on this podcast sort of not skeptics about the project but skeptics about the how much excitement you should be having at any given time about this project right we're like wait till the land's been purchased but now Jason, done this? Yes. my excitement's getting real. I mean, let's, I, I'm just going to jump right to it. I'm saying that this is like rubber coming real close to the road time here. And, we have, and we I have, don't know that anybody has been more cynical than I. Right. We have the, the land is acquired. We've got those pieces in place. There's a, I think we'll call it an overall vision that we all, that we have seen, we all seen. And now we're going to bring in, you know, the guys who want to make some money. Uh, to the project who are a necessary component of this project and and they're they want to make a little bit of money on the back end on this process so now we're going to see okay given economic realities you know financing reality all the all the things that in every one of these projects right and does it pencil that's the you that's the phrase that you'll hear these developers throw around right they're going to start they're going to start trying to pencil it and try to figure out okay what can we do and what is that going to do for, you know, rate of return for us, for the city? What are we going to need? What kind of incentives? All the bits and pieces are going to start. Right. And they're going to look at Once we that. see those RFQs and the, and the things that follow, we're going to get a real clear idea of what, what, the, what the professionals and the experts think we can do. And if you, and if you, if you go back to kind of that, that vision that the, the mayor outlined, you know, that project in his mind includes – more apartments. It included some retail space. It included a little bit of office. It included a, a boutique hotel. It included a a coffee shop. Yeah, along with every column, <laughs> right? It re, it really did. So so now, as you said, comes in comes in the people who are the experts and the people who want to make a little money off this, right? Um, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take a look at it and say, well, we think this could actually work. This part, maybe this part doesn't or won't work for a while, so we put it off but we'll do right. this first. So it's going to be really interesting um, for people who spend a little time in, in the, uh, in the development world of our, of our area. I'm sure we'll see some familiar names that respond and, uh, and send in their qualifications. It's, it's a pretty small committee 
that's going to be reviewing these and then you know they will make that decision and make recommendations to i'm sure to the city council so so like like you said jason we've been skeptical i think i've been really really skeptical for several years now on this um i got real excitement this is I, real excitement like i'm right there with you i, I can feel that finally, 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 this thing that we, I say we, many of us in the community, many of us, that especially that spend a lot of time in the downtown area, um, have wanted to see happen. And this, it, I, I'm excited because this could be a really, really good thing for our community. Absolutely. I've been, I've been right there along, banging my fist on the table for a decade trying to get this. Uh, has it been that long? It has been, well, it's been really, if you think of it, it's been like 20 years, but I mean, 25 years, but honestly, it's been, it's been a decade since we really first, uh, I, we, once again, we, when I was on the board, uh, the downtown Main Street board, we pushed for that. Um, we said that was a priority that we wanted to do. It's been 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Well, hey, they say, they say bureaucracy slows things down. Maybe they are right. Well, and honestly, in the intervening years, I mean, we've had, like, in the last 12 years, we've had, what, two recessions now and a bunch of other factors to go into it. So, like, happening at all, great. That's all, that's all I've ever wanted is, like, let's just make it work. Make it work. So, maybe, Jason, maybe the goal is around the turn of the year, maybe a little bit afterward, we'll actually see kind of who that development partner is going to be, and we'll start to see some of those real plans and timelines coming together. Amen. Hope so. Jason, that's it. That's all I got this week. But it's short, but those are some good things. I, I, I think no matter, you know, where you fall on things regarding the pandemic and the schools, because I know that's been a really divisive issue in the community. I think this is a, a good sign. We're seeing we're seeing cases trend downward back into back into um, the yellow zone that the county health and other regional health departments have have, have talked about kids are going to be back in school at least for a little bit which um look even my super introvert son is like i, I miss school being in school so I, I i think that that is that is always a good thing and then finally that that downtown project i'm really excited to see that see that finally get morning that's all i've got jason you got anything else no that's plenty <laughs> there we go that will wrap us up for this wednesday edition we'll talk to everybody next time